Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast which is as busy during International Week as Scotland's players. This week on Heart and Hand, yeah, we took two weeks off. Tough. Hello everybody, FanDuel is one day fantasy football. You select a team of Premier League players for a single round of fixtures so you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win money if you're good enough in one day. First up, choose your contest. You can play for free or put your own money on the line for bigger payouts. We play the £5 fan fave. It's got six grand worth of prizes to be won to the top 36 managers. Then you pick your dream team. You've got £100 to spend. There's no subs or captains or anything like that. Just 11 shirts to fill and the perfect formation to find. Splash out in the dead certs and hunt out the hidden gems. It's the ultimate test of your football knowledge. FanDuel was designed by football fans like us and it's powered by OptaStats. It's about much more than goals, assists, clean sheets. Every pass, interception, every tackle, they've all got big implications. And we've got an offer for you. Every new manager deserves a serious war chest to make their mark, so FanDuel One Day Fantasy Football is backing new managers all the way with the funds to get you off the flyer. If you deposit £10, you'll enjoy a month of free action with this exclusive offer. If you sign up and deposit £10, you will get a free £5 credit every Friday for four weeks. That's £20 worth of free credit to perfect your fantasy football managerial skills. Just head to fanduel.co.uk, that's fanduel.co.uk, and sign up using promo code RANGERSWARCHEST, that's RANGERSWARCHEST, to claim your exclusive offer. Deposit £10 and get a fiver a week for four weeks. Can't argue with that. So that's fanduel.co.uk, promo code RANGERSWARCHEST. Get on it now and support the podcast. Available in the UK only for those over 18. Please play responsibly. Terms apply. So welcome to Art and Hand, the Range Podcast. My name's David Edgar, I'm your host and I'm joined as always, well as, as usual, by Mr Scott Vandenacker. Hello, good evening and welcome. 
So we did take two weeks off. Some people commented that during international break we usually take a week off, and this year we took two. Mm. Um, can yeah. we? Should we give them an explanation? Yeah, I think I'll. I'll I'm prepared to explain that. It's a free pod. You yeah. take what you're given, and you'll be grateful for it. Yeah, that's pretty much the the ethos of the pod. Uh, I agree. It was probably harsh to to make you all get tattoos of that, yeah. along with my birthday yeah. and uh, my face. Yeah, but then again, I suppose it's a tribute, a loving tribute to you. Yes, exactly. And there's one thing I can say: I am very loving of myself. Yeah, self love is one of the greatest loves of all. Self love is is something that happens a lot. But the greatest, bigger love we have, Scott, is Rangers Football Club. It's the biggest love of them all, David. And uh, we're not going to chat about the Ross County game because it was it was ages ago now. Pish poor performance. Can we just say that and get it out of the way? Dreadful. We've seen um, it several times. Um, we'll talk though, however, about the more recent match. We played Dundee on Saturday. An odd game, a frustrating game. Do you know what it was, David? It was all right. Yes, it was. And that's the problem. Um, if I may use a word on the pod like dichotomy, David. You should do. Uh, uh, we we want to appeal to that sort of that sort of you know new statesman style reader. We know? do need more wealthy sort of ABC One category do listeners, don't we? You we should we should be like these footwits with a donate button. Yes. Do you know we should yeah. do that? Donate and give us your money for no reason at all for this free product that we put out for free anyway. Yeah, but then rich people have got loads of disposable cash. So we should be going for that market. So I'll use more big words, okay? Okay, cool. Um, in a dichotomous situation mm-hmm. that we faced on Saturday is that the lines are entrenched, the battle lines are entrenched, and some people were pissed off that the game wasn't good enough. And a whole lot of people were pissed off that the game wasn't bad enough. Dichotomous to pissed off in the same, the same piece of of speaking. That's that's maybe where we're falling down with the rich donators, mate. Highbrow, lowbrow, mm. all brows, unibrow, all, unibrow. That, which is why we're so popular with Celtic fans. Hey, um, yeah. So that's I think the problem is that some people were sitting waiting for the game to be like Barca, and some people were just like. Um, this isn't shit enough to I can't vent my spleen enough I think and, that, an average game where we won quite routinely yeah. just doesn't seem to suit anyone now <laughs> I, I think that there's two things to take in firstly uh, Dundee played they gave us more respect than possibly you or I or people who watch us regularly would have suggested that a team should they came for a point and in a way I suppose that that's I don't know, do you take it as a positive that it's a sign of respect that they're coming there and they're, they're maybe playing the, the reputation as opposed to playing maybe the actual team but they, they did come and they were horrendously defensive, I mean it was like Motherwell back in the Tommy McLean days for, for Bears of Mine in your vintage it was 10 men behind the ball they had no ambition, they didn't try to score we were never in bother, they were relying on either a mistake or a a, a breakaway and neither looked lightly, um, but We've had really good teams before that have struggled to break down 10 men. So when we have a team that is full of honest guys who I like, and I mean, there's none of none of the kind of hatred I had for them under the, the sort of uh, some of the lower division wage, wage thieves. But it just, it was it was tough to watch them having to go up against a packed defence, which is not something a lot of these players will have come up against before, or if they move, will come up against again. No, I mean... Also, you've got to remember a lot of them are, are journeymen and you're, you're taking a squad and saying, right, you're now... Have you seen Pep Barcelona? Pep's, have you seen Pep's Bayern? 
usually like that now. And it, some of these guys will never be any level able to do that. And you've talked about this especially before. You, you have to understand the limitations of what we're trying to do. Secondly, yeah, when you're playing in what for Swindon or or Black Blackburn Rovers, you don't cut, go to every stadium and find nobody attacking. Ten men behind the ball, kicking it into row Z. No. And it is and it's it's difficult for some of them to imagine a why teams would be doing this and b what you're supposed to do about it. Mm. And thirdly, there's the unusual tactics. I don't mean unusual, but if you're the goalie or even some of the you're, you don't take corners the way you used to take them you now take short corners the goalie has to play out from defeat there is a lot of the sort of British lower league style football that we're brought up in is gone as well mm. so it's a massive learning curve for a lot of these guys and some of them clearly won't cut the mustard I think that also has to be understood and when you look at Dundee and decide to uh, as I say I, I don't understand what we're trying to do I mean, they were the trying to get a point they were trying to get a point and the argument you would get from Paul Hartley or other managers like that is is that they came within you know injury time of getting a point. But I suppose. my argument, I don't really care about Dundee. I'm not looking at it from their point of view. But my argument would be, well, yeah, you did. But I think you'd have been more likely if you'd tried to score. I think you'd have been more likely to get at least a point uh, that way. Uh, his argument would be if we came out and played more expansively, Rangers might have taken us apart as they did as as we did in fact uh, against Kilmarnock. And that that's true, that could happen. But equally, we've seen sides come to Ibrox and get a point because they've scored first and we've struggled to break them down and then, OK, we've got a goal, but it's only been enough to get us a point. So I, I don't understand. I don't think a lot of SPFL managers will do that. That's one thing. I don't think we'll come up against this an awful lot up until we start to, if we start to beat teams, you know, the, the three and four nils. Yeah, I mean, it was. you could say it was a... I suppose luck that undid them in the end, but it was um, it was a good goal, and I, th- I think personally it was the goal a really good been, goal. I think the, the game the goal had been coming as well. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, I think the thing that most impressed me after the Ross County debacle was against Ross County. The longer the game went on, the more we gave up in essence ever trying to score. That's a but, really good point. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up. The one thing from the Ross County game that we certainly would have touched on is that I agree. I thought the last 15 minutes. It's such a charged phrase to say they gave up. They didn't give up because obviously they fought to you know keep from conceding a goal. But you could see by the body language and the way that they played that they didn't think they were going to score. So it's, it's maybe giving up is too harsh a term, but that they'd lost hope of winning the match. I think I don't think anyone could argue with because it was almost like they went, we're not going to win here. Uh, whereas they did at least uh, hopefully. The manager has said, "You can't do that. You've got to keep going until the until the final whistle." Uh, uh, that was that was the big difference. I think the substitutions were correct as well. I mean, a lot of people were sort of booing when Windass was taken off, but I, I don't think he's fully fit, and I don't think he'll be playing ninety minutes every single week. And we do have big games coming up against Aberdeen, Hearts twice, and Celtic. And Windass is going to have to be, you know, reintroduced to the team. And uh, in fits and starts, and I thought that um, Miller didn't have his greatest game in the world, and uh, O'Halloran was pretty hopeless. So I can't see why the manager was getting it in the, a little bit in the neck about the substitutions. I didn't agree with that, and also the two substitutes, two of them combined for the goal. I think and you I, deserve a wee bit of praise because you've banged the Harry Forrester drum, so to speak, uh, quite a bit this season. I've been banging, 
I've been banging Harry Forrester since the season began. Yes, uh, which might explain why he's he's not been able to perform as as Correct. often as, as we'd like. But no, you have said that you couldn't understand, and, and never have you said, oh, Harry Forrester is you know a world beater, but I think that it's something that we've both said in this pod, that he does give you something different. I think that Harry Forrester has that sort of streak of gallusness that a lot of our players lack. He has that sort of chippy... Confidence it does occasionally spill into you know silly tackles we've certainly seen that but he does have a, a bit of devil about him and uh, I think well, our, yeah. our team lack that a little bit. Also, try that a better example even in the goal was probably just before that when he dropped the shoulder and ran round the defender and get filled at the edge of the box. I mean that was what we'd been lacking on Saturday for all the possession and all of the confident play we tried to do it the manager asked it was all quite routine. You know, pass the ball. But Harry Forster gives you something where he will do a drag back or, or a Cruyff turn, and they don't all come off, but he will unsettle defences and maybe get them turned, mm. which they hate, facing their own goal. There's little things he does. And why I like him and why I would play him is if you're trying to play what the manager's trying to play, which we in this pot have dismissed a few times as not being possible, and we stand by that, but if you're going to keep trying, your players have to have a first touch, they have to then be able to release the ball fairly accurately. And have decent or above decent technique, yeah. Yeah, I think he so. has that. He has that. The ball doesn't bounce off his shin. It doesn't, you know, get skied. It doesn't take him fifteen minutes to look up and make a pass. And if you're going to do it, manager wants. He's a clever for the word. He's a clever player, mm. and I can I can see why you need him and want him in there. I think that I go back to as I often do to Alex Ferguson examples because you know he's probably the greatest manager who ever lived. Certainly, as my opinion, but. I remember him talking about when he dropped Jim Leighton famously for the FA Cup for younger listeners for the FA Cup final in 1990 which basically his job hinged on uh, they drew with Crystal Palace and back in those days it wasn't played to a finish there was a replay three days later which Bears will remember and he dropped Jim Leighton who was his keeper who had been his keeper for uh, you know almost over a decade between Aberdeen and Manchester United who had been very shaky for a long time and particularly in cost the team two goals in the first match and he brought in the reserve keeper who was a guy called Les Seeley who was a bit of a journeyman goalkeeper he was he was a veteran at that stage as well and uh, he brought him in and you know he'd been bought as backup you know he really was not to play this this was in pre-rotation days it was if your keeper got injured but he dropped him and it was a massive call and what he said was I decided to play Les not because he was a better keeper than Jim he clearly wasn't but he thought he was and sometimes that is what you need and I think that's with Forrester you can make the case if you want that you know you prefer O'Halloran or Waghorn or Mackay and they're better players but right now he thinks he deserves to be in the team and he thinks he's going to make something happen and I think that goes quite a long way when you look at someone like Barry Mackay who is shit out of confidence uh, not ability there are still times when without thinking Barry will take a 60 yard ball out of the sky and kill it stone dead and be looking up at his next pass uh, but then unfortunately when a lack of confidence bites he'll do that and then turn and knock a square ball three yards inside because he doesn't want to take his man on he doesn't want to get shouted at and I think that Forrester has that, as I say, that sort of confident streak um, that that makes him go, now I'll try that and keep trying it. And yeah, I don't think it was coincidence it was him that popped up with the winner on Saturday. I think that he 
has that about him. He has that in his locker where there may be other players in, in the squad who are superior for various reasons, be it pace, he's certainly not the quickest, be it technique, um, you know, whatever, stamina certainly, but I think Forrester has an indefinable little quality about him. He's not a world beater, he's certainly not the best player or, you, you know, top 100 that have ever won the blue jersey, but he's useful. And right now, when we've got a lot of guys that are kind of malfunctioning, I think that he makes a fairly strong case to be to be on the side. And also, I think the the, the crosses, uh, Joe Dudu put in three good crosses, including the one for the goal, and uh, Forrester improvised really well on the goal. And what I was thinking about was last night, I was watching the Champions League stuff, you know, and the Napoli game, Napoli were playing Dynamo Kiev, and they play a 4-3-3, and they try and do what we try and do, and they had 19 corners and 35 crosses into the box, and it was 0-0 finished. Because as they were saying, you get the ball in midfield, you get it wide, get it wide, and get it across, but that's not enough if you're not set up to then finish it, or the crosses aren't accurate. And that's sometimes the problem with how we play. Get it wide is a, is only what ten percent of the job done. Yeah, yeah. And particularly wasteful on on Saturday was O'Halloran, but he wasn't alone. Um, whereas what Dodo did was aim the ball at somebody, and then what you saw Forrester doing was improvising. Mm-hmm. He lost his marker and then backheaded it. And you need a bit of guile and cleverness if if you're going to get the ball wide, like we are going to do in a four three three, and knock it in. That in itself is pointless unless you work very hard on accuracy and finishing and um, I thought the goal summed up what we can do with that system and we stretched them and stretched them got the perfect cross in great finish and we're going to have to do a lot more of that because getting the ball wide in itself isn't a thing and um, as we proved in the 93 minutes before the goal Yeah Partick Thistle on Saturday and nothing's a gimme we've shown that this season but we can't be living in a world where we shouldn't be expecting to go there and win Absolutely, I think you, you and I were t- texting during the week and stuff, and th- there's something growing up a little bit. I mean, obviously, strangely, you and I have been quite neutral in the whole thing about managers changing because we both think that the problems at the club are inherited long term and won't be solved simply by changing the coach straight away. But on the other hand, a lot of people dug in to support him in quite a shrill manner as well, and the thing. I think it's grown up, which is that seconds would be amazing. It'd be incredible. What an achievement. I mean, top six is all anyone really asked for. Sorry, that is nonsense. Well, the best one, though, that's pish. And as you said in a text to me, seconds, it should be a given because the SPL's effing draw. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was during the Hearts game when they come back to three each and you know, yeah. storm back to get to get a draw. And I'm, and it's not the first kind of result they've had like that. It's not the first result Aberdeen have had like that. They're not very good. I will accept that Celtic are miles ahead of us at the moment, as they should be, given the level of financial. I think a, a report came out that they spend double the amount on wages that we do, and that has an impact. It just it does in every league in the world, um, if you go and look at those stats. But I won't accept that we're not better than these sides. And I do think you're right that there's the two schools that have formed, as often happens on social media and message boards, where you find yourself in an extreme position. And if you're kind of like us, sort of in the in the middle, um, where you've got people saying, uh, you know where we were a year ago, and they're correct, you know, do you know where we were, you know, top, top six is what we were aiming for, and but second, we've got to aim for, but we've no divine right. Okay, but then equally I get frustrated with uh, we're Rangers and only first is good enough and I don't give a flying fuck about context or situation because that's equally stupid, right? Yeah. Um, You can't just say because we're Rangers that these guys are better players than they are. These are the players we have. 
right? And it's not going to change. And we have the financial situation we have, and it's not going to change quickly. So don't. It's not enough to go. I bet we're Rangers. Um, and then demand. You have to be realistic and say, as I think is a fair, a fair situation. And and listeners, you you can tell us what you think about that, whether or not it's. I think it's fair to say, seconds are an absolute must. Absolute must. It shouldn't be up for debate. You have to finish second. If you don't finish second, it's failure. Yep. Another thing I think you have to bear in mind is that um, if you change the this, conversely, if you change the manager, there's a lot of people starting saying things like, "Yeah, we could get the manager, and then Dave King, he'll be expected to dig into his pocket and give the new manager ten million pounds." Never going to happen. No. We get a new manager, and it's the same squad. With no money to spend, yeah. so if you want to see new guys who are much better playing a better brand of football, that won't be achieved by replacing Mark Warburton. No. That's going to take a share issue, or getting into Europe, or even selling a player for ten million. You know, all these things we can do. Bringing in Derek McInnes is not no, going to make us better at football things, or yeah. change. No, it's not going to change the squad. It's not going to change things significantly, and people have to be growing up about it. it it's you know, yeah, you, you can't be. Look, we're finished, we're finished, and it doesn't matter because where we've been and, you know, the manager's working a miracle to get us here. You can't, that's, that's not acceptable. That's ignoring the context of the club and its history. Equally, you can't go, I demand to be first, and anything less than that is failure because that's ignoring the context of now. So yes. I, I try and get a balanced approach to it and say, okay, we've looked around this league. They're not very good. We've looked around our squad, however, and we're aware that these are the players we have and they have the limitations and we don't have the money to, to radically change that. So what's a realistic, yep, second. Second's a realistic thing to aim for. Um, although I'm just going to say to uh, one of our, our Tim listeners, uh, Lawrence Donegan of The Guardian, because uh, yep. he will be listening, and I, I noticed he tweeted um, when, when somebody, I think it was Chris Jack, had written that Rangers should look to next season for... Uh, their next title win rather than this season he said 55 has been put, uh, postponed indefinitely next season isn't indefinitely Lawrence no next season is a year and a bit yeah it's, it's actually a specific time and you've been given it but uh, you know uh, schools maybe you could blame them you could blame them um, yeah so it's just, it, my glass it, it's half full um, as usual I, I just I find it difficult to get I like the fact that the things we're complaining about are on the pitch. Yeah. I like that because I do remember when you see that, that fat bastard Summers face in the paper with the revelation this week that he signed over the, the rights to sell stuff from the Superstore for a pound a year to Mike Ashley. And you think, do you know what? Dave King, you're right, he isn't putting in 30 million, but by Christ, you know, at least we've got a football club back. And I'd rather yeah. be skint and us than be at the, the whims of people who lead you into the arms of arseholes like David Summers. The thing is, um, people can talk about the amount of money coming into the club, but at least the, the current board aren't sucking it out. Yeah. And it's, it's a nice change. Uh, not asset stripping us. Um, so, and yeah, I, I mean, I, my, glass, my glass is medium. It, it's neither half full nor half empty. It's simply halfway. And yeah. that I would like to see the manager doing a bit better with the players he's got. Some of it's a bit drab. Some of Ross County was almost alarming. Like, like some of it was uh, McDowell esque. Yeah, the lack of I think that um, that's one thing with us. The lack of urgency is is what I think gets to the fans most and most often when the players don't look. Not only do they not look like scoring, but they 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 don't look like making opportunities. 
no. that might lead to scoring and they, they it's like a training game and I, I don't know I don't know uh, guys who know more about football have worked in football maybe can, can let me know I don't understand why tempo sometimes gets so bad and players can't rouse themselves out of it. Uh, certainly you would think they would start quickly a lot of the time. Um, I do understand that once a game is settled into a partner it can be hard to switch, but I don't under- understand why we so often start at what would appear to be half-paced. Um, yep. Again, I'm not an expert, I can't, and I wouldn't claim to give you a theory. I don't think it's obviously as easy as just going out and going, right, lads, 100 miles an hour right from the start. But if you look at the difference between the Kilmarnock match, where the tempo from the start was excellent, and the Ross County match, um, then I think it's it becomes quite difficult to work out. Although you have, what you could maybe do is get Rena Smeekles, who sat behind me, remember my old seat with the runabout a bit? Maybe yeah. that is enough. Maybe Listen, you, you slag we the runabout. No, no, you slag the runabout a bit guy, but you know, Kenny Miller's in the team at the moment, playing well by everyone, but Kenny's main asset is he's runabout a bit in this. That is true. Talking about guys sitting behind you, though, I was talking to. I was at the game with producer Robbie. Yep. On on Saturday, and uh, I was reminded because um, folk were moaning about how cold it was and how they wanted to go to the pub, and you know, loads of folk left early. Mm. There used to be a guy. He was there for about two seasons, ages ago, right? You sit behind me, and he'd come in every game, and you know, you usual come on, sons of William, come on, come on, and then start looking at his watch a bit and get fidgety in the seat, and then he'd lean forward and say. Uh, not a great game today, lads, eh? Mm. Laying the game. groundwork. And then, then at half time, he wouldn't come back, yes. right? Then the next week, he'd come in and say, Oh, lads, it was not my intention to go to the pub. <laughs> Before I, I knew it, I was drinking. Yeah, he's like, I didn't mean to, but oh, it was a cold day, and you know, and once I thought about it, I couldn't get a thought in my head. And today, 90 minute loyal, 60 minutes up. Next week, it was not my intention to leave early, lads. It was not my intention to go to the pub. And then two years later, eventually, Jack to his season ticket, presumably to get a liver transplant. Well, I'm not sure. I think that it's. Yeah, I'm glad you, you mentioned that because it is something that was commented on about the amount of you know people leaving during the match, and it, it's a tough one because there's there's no right and no wrong if you're a neutral but there's very much a right and wrong if you've got a fixed opinion on it and you, you see that from message board skirmishes and social media skirmishes yes you have every right to go in and leave when you want if you pay your money 100% correct you're absolutely right you can do that and for the people who then on the other side say but why wouldn't you stay for 90 minutes it's much better it looks better it can't be great for the team when people are leaving with half an hour to go they're correct too so I don't know I, mean, I don't understand that I have had to leave early before where um, I've had to leave to get a train uh, or yeah, I've been working later that afternoon when I was younger but other than that I don't really I don't really get it um, midweek more so I can because you know people will be up early for work the next day and you know have to go and get late trains home and, and late buses home I, I kind of get that but a Saturday when it's nil nil and you're pushing uh, I don't I don't know and what I will say is back in my days when uh, I, I liked my I liked my um, pick me ups and my uh, liquid refreshment uh, I, I again didn't really leave you know I was I was in the pub for five past five I was like a rocket once the whistle went but I, I just I don't really understand it and you, you know you, you there's no feeling in the world like 
a last minute winner. I mean, there really isn't. Uh, no, it's no. it's it's an astonishing. No matter how badly you've played or who the opposition are, it's such a fabulous joke. And yeah, I think you're just denying yourself a pleasure. Uh, if it's not because you have to be somewhere, uh, and it's because you choose to, then uh, I don't, I don't get it. I think so. If you're not carrying an injury or have really small children, I mean, football matches are short, and they're only once a fortnight, if that. And you'd think you could see it till the end. It's not like something you do every day. Um, I mean, I can see wanting to leave work early. Yeah, <laughs> I've done it, done it yeah. myself. But um, no, I think ninety minutes isn't too much to ask. It's it's, it's not late. Um, but the people that did stay at the end loved the goal. I mean, I can tell you that Bears were going mental at the end. And that is that feeling. It's an incredible feeling to pick up the three points. Um, and here's hoping for another three on Saturday. Now, Scott has to dash off to an urgent appointment, honestly. So uh, before we let him go and see uh, uh, go and see the doc... No, sorry, mate. I didn't. I didn't mean Look, to reveal it, that. It's hard most of the time. It's just sometimes. I'm, you know that I did tell you. Don't take forty of them. Take one, and it lasts for hours. It's only been three and a half weeks. It's been erect, but don't just don't tell them about that. For God's sake. Well, you do. He does need to get it seen to because otherwise, he's. I mean, he's already banned from the subway and. And that was the shop subway. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can imagine <laughs> the the lady surprise. You know, she came in and she wanted a hearty Italian, and instead she got an insipid Dutchman. <laughs> exactly. Yes. You no, know, it's just it's it's not great, uh, Scott. So very briefly, then uh, I won't interrupt you. I will let you bang on with uh, the sporting integrities. Well, okay. I've got a few bits and pieces. I'll start um, with a great fact about a comedy team name. Go now on. I know I do these occasionally. I know you hate them. It's not okay. Do them all the fucking time. Right, well, and I know you hate them and that's why I do it, okay? But I read out some more facts about Deportivo Wanker, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, brilliant name. Yes. Deportivo Wanker. But did you know that they were named after the indigenous Wankers who used to live in the area? No, okay, yeah, but you're going to have to explain that because if it's they were named after indigenous, you know, people like us, that doesn't make sense. No, it was a Wankers tribe. Ah, they, that's an unfortunate name they picked. They, they did. I suppose it's better because know, of the I original mean, crowd, the, the, you know, there was the Aztecs, and then before they became the Wanga, they were the cunt bubbles. Yes, and the Oninists. Yeah, and the Oninists, very you know, close they, to they had so many, and, uh, you know, it, it's just a terrible name, but be- before that, they were the Hartsons. <laughs> Which is worst Which of is all. Even worse. Did you see his cracker? Uh, this week he was being mocked by Tam McManus, ex Hibs player on Twitter, who's worth a follow, by the way, he talks a lot about coaching, very intelligent. But, um, yeah, because he'd said that why is Oliver Burke going to the Bundesliga? And this is a hearts and quote: No one watches the Bundesliga. The Premier League is a place to be. Uh, maybe the Spanish league, but what's wrong with a club like Burnley? So when Burnley were getting taunted four 0 the other night uh, from West Brom, that uh, Tam McManus tweeted brilliantly. He says, "Ah, that Oliver uh, Burke. He must be wondering what he's doing there, sitting on top of the Bundesliga when he could be." Playing for Burnley and getting tonked 4 0 by West Brom. <laughs> and what a fucking idiot. The other thing about it is, is that uh, BT show the Bundesliga. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's working for a company that show the Bundesliga. But, and he's just said, who watches it? Yeah, anyway. He's an absolute cock. So they also, how's this for a wee? He's David. Mm-hmm. In 2004, okay, and the, they were struggling in the first division. 
year after year, but they stayed in. They were still there in the top flight. They decided to do something about the struggles. They moved their home stadium to Cerro de Pasco, 14,000 feet up in the Indies, okay? Oh, well, that should improve your form once your players get used to it. If your and, players get used to it. Yep, yeah, and they brought in a, a plastic pitch as well. So they basically would screw over all the visiting teams, okay? Mm. So they got a plastic pitch, 14,000 feet up the mountain, and got relegated. Well, I mean, it's going to be hard for their own players, never mind. You, you kind of... What's for Bolivia? Uh, Bolivia have this fabulous home qualifying record. Yeah. But that's because they live there, and they're, they're used to it. Can you imagine us playing 14,000 feet up with, like, Jig and Ian Black? They'd have died. I would, <laughs> they would have I actually know. died. The, the pace would have been... I was going to say slow. Slower. Slower, yeah. Slower, yeah. Um, now, a bit of honesty. Uh, Hamburg... Lost again, and Rennie Adler, the goalkeeper, came out to face the media. I and think he said, they, did they not draw? They drew at the weekend. Yes, but they, um, so yeah, they, they actually picked up the first point in ages. But the week before, sorry, oh, they right. lost again. And Rennie Adler is a good guy, and he's captain, and he always he said we slaughtered ourselves. What can I say? What, what can I say again? Once here, once again, so here I am standing here. I'm the arsehole. <laughs> I'm the arsehole. Stat. And she explained to folk every week. I don't want to do this anymore. It just pisses me off. I don't blame the guy. You know, when you're getting humped with DC, we were, Robbie and I were talking about watching the football the other night. Do any players say anything interesting in these post match interviews the TV companies do? You oh, know? Oh. Um, well, Gaffer came in. Yeah, Gaffer came in. Please with that. You know, we look forward one game at a time. Yeah, fuck off. We don't need to see it. Uh, if they're just got, you should actually say it to them beforehand. Do you have any interesting to say? And if they say no, just go, well, fuck off then. You know? so, exactly. Kudos to Rennie. I don't want to be the arse. Nobody does. Nobody does. Going to Brazil now, and Vila Novo defender Marcelo Cordeiro is unsettled after a clip of him and Goyas forward Rossi emerged with them pretending to have headbutted each other, mm. right? And they both sort of fell over, but no contact had made at all. So he said, mm, I'm getting a lot of stick for this, and I know simulation isn't cool. I know that, but I couldn't take the risk of not doing it. He did it. I had to match him. That's life. That's the think, game we're in these I days. Th- I don't think anyone could argue that. I see uh, Aaron Ramsey, who will never have a, a career as a professional wrestler because when uh, the French guy threw a punch, uh, sorry, Cavani threw a punch, didn't hit him, but he sold it anyway, like uh, as if he had. And like, You'll never make it as a wrestler, mate, if a, if a guy lands a punch six inches for your face and you react to it. Uh, I did like the, the, the BT panel having to squirm because it was a British player rather than one of these dastardly foreign types that, yes. made, that made a fool of themselves. Because usually it's, um, they've introduced it to our league, mate. Yeah, it was funny because Stephen Gerrard was sitting there and I always remember when, you know, Gerrard liked a, a tumble, shall we say. Uh, and when he when he done his usual, and the, the the commentators would be like, oh, and uh, maybe just a slight. He anticipated. That's the one, isn't it? He anticipated the tackle, and it didn't come in, and he went down. He dived then, mate. That's yeah, he dived. Kind of um, Stefano Stifano Gerardo, who retired today. Yes, I see this. Uh, so uh, not going to Celtic. No, apparently uh, he, he was he was looking to stay on and play, but when we we didn't come in for him, and because uh, we've you know we've had our fingers burned with. Aggressive scousers in the past, so uh, he uh, when he heard Celtic were the only option. Apparently, he went nah, I'm, I'm done. I don't. Well, you, you want to stay in football after all, exactly, um, exactly. And we'll finish in Argentina, David, with Atletico Patronato defender Jonathan Ferrari. He's upset over claims that he hosted an excessive orgy, <laughs> okay, for teammates on his balcony. Yes, with police breaking up at six a.m. Lies, all of it, lies. People look at my past and think I'm the same guy. Yes, we had girls over. 
yes, we're having sex, and yes, the police shouted at us, but they didn't actually come in. They didn't actually break anything up. Well, you, if you're getting, you know, to Paisley Gilmer Street, you really don't want pulled off the train. Yeah, exactly. I think the police come charging in with batons is the last thing you'd want when you're having an excessive orgy. What type of batons? Hopefully not pink batons. I've never had an orgy, but I think an excessive orgy sounds like like your advanced driving certificate, you know, I think it's like the level up. I mean, I'd like to see what constitutes an excessive orgy. Well, I think what you're dealing with, obviously, here is top level athletes, David. Given so they must have orgy. Be- they must have better orgies than us, more excessive. I I don't doubt for a second they have better orgies than us, mate, or orgies uh, at all. Yeah, I mean, probably what it is like they have sex, right? But then they have to withdraw, shuttle over ten twenty yards, and then shuttle back mm. forty yards to have sex again. Like they do in training. Well, I've always had my doubts about this kind of thing. Scott, the winner is the bloke, the simulation bloke. What was his name? He was a Brazilian fellow who I think was called uh, Perunhas. Congratulations, Perunhas. You're the winner of this week's Sporting Integrity Award. So a flying visit from Big Scott. It's always appreciated. I don't know if appreciate is the right word. It's, It's always available. Uh, Scott's Scott's company uh, never wanted, but you know he likes to come and chat to all you people, and some of you seem to like him, uh, which confuses and amazes me. But it's twenty sixteen, so I, I, God, I wonder if people liking our pod and it being so bizarre has desensitized people to things like Donald Trump. Hmm. So in a way, Scott is responsible for Donald Trump being elected. Hmm. It's interesting to hear you think about it anyway, isn't it? Well, uh, that's pretty much it from us this week, folks. All that remains for us to do is to thank my guest, Mr Scott Vandenacker, to thank our executive producer in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers, and to thank you, the listeners, and to ask you, the listeners, to come and chat to us. Come and say hi. Uh, you can do that. Just look for Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, on Facebook, or you can follow me. I'm at Ibrox Rocks on Twitter, and Scott is at Scott Heart Hand, also on the Twitter machine. What we would like to hear from you incidentally is who would Rangers go for in the transfer window who would be realistic who could we afford and who do you think would come in what positions what would be the best place let us know and we'll read out the most sensible ones next week and we'll probably give them a free copy of something or other um, because we have started giving out prizes when people win them now it's uh, quite amazing one guy won it and we gave it to someone else even so you know make a prize go two ways that's cause that's the kind of thing we do that's how we roll okay then my name's David Edgar I've been your host and I've loved talking to you as usual talk to you again this time next week cheers bye Network.